Welcome to Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I am an educator, speaker, mentor, and author. I believe in the importance of helping children reach their potential so they will become well-rounded, intelligent citizens with positive influence and impact in society. Join me to hear from experts who can help give parents access to the best skills, strategies, tools, and resources to help their children be successful and ultimately excel in the world. Hello, everybody. It's Helen Panos, Dynamist Learning Academy. Welcome again to my podcast, Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. And today I have a awesome guest joining me. Her name is Deborah Fawaz. Welcome, Deborah, to my podcast. Thank you, Helen. I so appreciate you having me. It's great you're doing this. Uh, thank you for joining us and helping uh, parents uh, realize some uh, resources that are definitely available to them. And one of these is definitely what you do uh, in helping children. I find it very uh, exciting and interesting and informational for parents. But tell everybody a little bit about um, your company, where you journeyed from, how you got here. I know you own a company called Solutions for Student Success, and uh, that's very important. And I want you to be able to elaborate a little bit more on uh, informing our guests here who are listening um, what you do. Sure, absolutely. I spent 34 years in the public school system. I raised four children, one of whom had special needs, And so what I'm really bringing to the table in this conversation is that I've sat on every side of the table. I have, um, I've been a general ed teacher. I taught second grade. I taught developmental first grade where I created the program, the curriculum, selected the materials, evaluated the children. That was really fun for me that I just love the discovery and the diagnosing and figuring out how every child is different and what they need to, you know, really maximize their learning potential. Um, And then from that, I went on to teach self-contained behavior disorders for seven years. All of that happened in Illinois, Northern Illinois in the Chicago suburbs, came to Atlanta and started working for the Fulton County school system, spent a few years as a special education support teacher where the students would come out of the room and I would be their reading or their math or their organizational skills teacher. Mm -hmm. And then the district asked me to um, take a position outside of the classroom where I observed students, evaluated them, worked with parents, teachers, and school administrators to make sure they were in the right placement. And that grew into more of a supervisory position. And now I am outside of the school system. No, awesome. So uh, tell us how, um, what your company exactly can do for parents. Give us a little short description of the business. Sure. So I have tutored students off and on since I left the school system, mostly because I just miss that ongoing relationship with kids. My kids are all adult and grown. One has (laughs) kids of his own, you know, and I just kind of miss that kid connection. So um, I have enjoyed that. Once the COVID hit, my feed on my email, as well as um, some community websites that I participate in, 
was blowing up with frustrated parents. Oh my goodness. Now I'm working from home. Now I have to teach my kid. I don't know how to navigate this platform. Uh, you know, the dogs are barking. I'm on a business call. Mm. I mean, you've heard it all, haven't you, Helen? It, yes, <laughs> I have. <laughs> it's really been a rough road for parents. And every day, my husband and I, who's a college professor, say, oh, my gosh, I don't know how we could have ever done this, teaching from home and teaching for kids, you know? Right. So I, I really hand it to parents out there. God bless all of you for just surviving it, let alone doing the best you can. And I say that because as I was reading these pleas for help, I said, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to help these people. What about the people that have a special needs kid at home? How do you deliver those services on a two-dimensional computer, you know? <laughs> And, and the parents, I mean, not only are the parents not trained to be teachers, they're not trained to be special needs teachers. Yes, they know their kid better than anyone else in the world. And I'm completely respectful of that. But here's the thing that the student doesn't really want mommy to be the teacher either. Or right. the oh, yes, that's so true. Right? <laughs> Hear that all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, so after I created the company so that I do two things. I can work with parents um, regarding tutoring, but I also just help them navigate the whole special needs system, um, what their rights are, what they can ask for, what's what isn't a good idea to ask for, you know, just because your child has a diagnosis of a special needs condition doesn't mean you get the whole, you know, gourmet kitchen. You just right. don't get everything. It's right. about leveling out the playing field and making sure that they have equal access to the curriculum and the materials. And what does that even mean in these times? <laughs> right, during virtual. <laughs> so um, what unique experiences have you had to be able to support students and parents then in, in any I probably covered that a little bit at the beginning, just because I feel like my experience as, you know, first a teacher and in so many different situations, whether mm. it was general education or special education, and then moving on to, you know, a supervisory position and then being the mommy um, of a, a son with, at, at one time he was on six different medications and yeah. had seven different diagnoses. And he's actually been in every different level of support since he was three years old with a happy ending, lives alone now, holds a full-time job, drives a car. We're all very proud of him, but boy, it, it was a village and it was a process and it didn't just get fixed when he was 18, you know? Right. And then you also had the background. Right. So that was a plus. Yeah. Right. I can only imagine what, what some of the parents are going through that are not familiar with, let's say, the system and, and the, you know, the benefits that they can get for their children. Um, what is even, the most even Helen, as educators, you know this, we get comfortable and we start using our own school speak, educator speak, you know, mm -hmm. and we use the acronyms. And the parents don't know what that means. And right. they, feel, they feel overwhelmed, 
you know, and, and like they're not worthy. And then sometimes there's a lack of distrust when that happens in the relationship because one party feels like the other party is talking over the top of them. So mm -hmm. I really work with parents to coach them about what to expect, what to ask for, what's reasonable, what isn't. Right. Yeah. Well, education sure does have a lot of acronyms, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what is the most rewarding part of your career regarding students, would you say, Deborah? I am really enjoying students that I worked with, regardless of whether I started with them in preschool or didn't meet them till high school or some I followed all the way through their educational career. With social media now, they're reaching out to me. I cannot tell you what a thrill that is to see them typing, you know, Miss Fawaz, how are you? Here's a link to my new business. I'm, I have my own jewelry line or I had one the other day send me a picture and she's like, here's my driver's license. I'm 22 and I finally got my driver's license. So oh, wow. before um, the technology was so available to all of us, you know, if I didn't live in that community anymore, I didn't really know what happened to the kids. And so um, this has just been fun reconnecting with them adult to adult. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Definitely rewarding when you hear back from them and they let you know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, why did you decide to put yourself back in the education field when you currently own your own business? Again, I just, I just saw a need and it didn't sit well with me. I, I felt like I was ignoring something that a door was opening to me and I just kept walking past it, walking past it. And then I <laughs> hear these horror stories and these pleas for help. And I thought, you know what? I like this. I know this, you know, I mean, I know this in my soul. Um, so not only is it not hard for me, I enjoy it and I want to be able to help people. And it, it isn't much um, in the big scheme of things, but when people are living this life every day from six in the morning till eight at night. It's a lot. They're mm -hmm. overwhelmed. They're frustrated. They're afraid. They're afraid. I hear this constantly. What if my child gets behind? You know, I've got the curriculum. I've got this. I've got that. But I don't know if they're keeping up. Right. Yeah. And especially during the COVID period that we have going on, um, well, some couple school systems are still virtual, completely virtual, not been back at all. So I know that's probably, I'm sure you're hearing from some of them as I am in tutoring and I'm having to intervene a little differently as a tutoring company. And I'm sure you are too in, in what you do and, and you're probably a great value to people that are still sitting virtual and I know special ed kids definitely need that support more so than even others. Everybody does, of course. Right, right. And my concept is that we all work together as a team. We don't have to agree, um, but I am not adversarial, just to put that out there. I, I don't come in and take over and tell the school what to do because nobody likes that. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So. I help educate parents about what questions they need to ask. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, again, what's reasonable to receive, especially in the virtual world from the school. Um, and then how do you evaluate if it's working or not? Mm-hmm. And, and how do you keep track of that kind of data? And, and how are we going to do that as a team to ensure that this student has their best success and that you're setting them up for the next best thing and the next best thing? Mm-hmm. So can you tell me or the audience, uh, what is a common question that you hear from parents that you're able to assist with? What, what keeps popping up possibly in the special ed world, whether it's in meetings or prior to a meeting? Um, what do you think would be like a couple things sure. that? Well, a lot, of, a lot of parents don't really understand about the timelines and the rules about strategies and interventions. Um, people have questions about evaluations. Maybe they had their, their child tested in first or second grade. Now they're in fifth grade and all of a sudden they're not doing so well. Can we use that old evaluation? Do we have to start over in the process? Um, there's always a lot of questions and concerns about labeling. If my child gets diagnosed with something, then that label is in his records. And how might that hurt them? Most parents are fearful of how that could get in their way, get in their way of applying to a college or taking an SAT or just in some negative way, impacting them and keeping a door closed, perhaps, that the parent wants to be open. And it's not like that. but you know you have to work through that with somebody and explain all the options to them and the realities. And I have stories for days about students and their <laughs> success. So yeah, um, there's a lot of legalities related to special ed and a lot of things to understand. Um, even myself as an educator, I mean, I, I was a 504 chair, as you already know. Others may not, but I'm going to say that here now. Um, so it's amazing to me as a regular ed teacher all of these years and a gifted teacher that I really didn't know all how everything connects. And the, like you just said, it's just a lot to navigate through, right. even with well, special ed being the most, the most legality type of a, right. a program. So... The bottom line really is that the law comes from the federal government and then each individual state can make some slight interpretations in that federal law and, um, and how they deliver the services, how they evaluate, um, how they communicate. Mm-hmm. And then each school system has a little bit of wiggle room in there too about all of those things, delivery, timelines, Um, labeling the names of services, how they're delivered, what's reasonable, what isn't. But it is all still under the umbrella of the federal government. And the law is the law. And until somebody shares with you what that is and what your student is entitled to, you don't know that. Mm -hmm. Right. So get, I know we've worked together, Deborah, uh, successfully, I believe. And, um, I remember coming to you with two middle school students that I was concerned about in, in Don Miss Learning Academy. And I felt like they came from a private small school, let's say, into a public school. This is kind of a common situation. And of course, not being in public school before, the parent was a little bit in the dark about these services. And 
These two children in my educational experience definitely needed special ed services. Can you elaborate without giving any names, of course, or school names, um, a situation like this and how you were able to intervene and help this parent out in putting the children on a path to the right success in public school? So these two students were in a private school for kids with a specific disability. In other words, you could not even get into this school if you didn't have a full evaluation that diagnosed you with, you with a condition. So they, even though they didn't have what we call um, an individualized educational plan, which mm -hmm. we abbreviate as IEP, um, they were still receiving specialized services. The classroom was small. Any teacher that intervened with these students was specially trained in disabilities. That was their background in their education. The materials that were used were not for typical kids. The instruction was all accommodated and modified. So when you look at going from that very, very specialized environment to a public middle school with 28 kids in the class and one teacher and the regular curriculum. I mean, you might as well put these kids in a foreign country with, <laughs> right? With right, no, I with agree. All language interpretation with nothing and said, good luck. And that's pretty much what happened. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just the people that were making the decisions and in the middle of COVID didn't realize how disabled these kids were and how specialized their environment was. So when you introduced me to the parent, we had several conversations and I basically explained to her that I could either work in the background as her educational special needs coach and that she could include me on the emails and the communications from the school. And then I would say to her, okay, do you understand this? Here's what it means in layman's terms. Mm -hmm. And then say, here's our next move. Here, here's what you need to ask for. And, or I could sit next to you and we could be in an online meeting together or in person at the school. You know, every district is handling that differently and um, sit there and be in person with you and actually interact with the school on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And so she chose the first plan, which is the coaching behind the scenes. Um, and that can change at any time in our contract if she wants something a little more direct. But that's, that is typically the way the parent first tries to utilize my services and, and my experience is to help them know what to do and answer their questions when they come out of a communication with the school system. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I'm not adversarial. I don't go in there making demands. I ask hard questions. Um, I, I ask challenging questions. I ask questions for information. I restate the law very clearly, but it's not ugly because I just find you don't get anywhere with the vinegar. Right. <laughs> so do you find like I do as a 504 chair, I sat in a 504 meeting yesterday with a parent and obviously I have a lot of knowledge on this side of it. And now I'm intervening with the parents. So I decide similar to what you do with IEPs and 
I mean, I just feel like, I don't know if you feel the same way, when somebody like us is in the meeting and they're aware of our background and our knowledge, that they probably operate a little differently as a school system. Would you say that, Deborah? I think they might like sit up just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and work up their ears a little bit. <laughs> make sure that they are following every process and, and procedure correctly. I mean, I'm not out there to get anybody or to catch anybody doing mm -hmm. something wrong, but school systems are completely overwhelmed right now in the middle of all this. And, and so again, people are being thrust into situations that they haven't had to problem solve before on, on both sides of the table, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as parents, and advocates, we have to be aware of that too. These teachers haven't had to do this. These principals have, haven't had to administrate in this way before. Right. <laughs> I don't think there was a training for uh, for a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I took that course. I don't remember it. <laughs> no, and it was a, a public school system that kicked this whole thing off, if everybody remembers when they... <laughs> shut down for two days when a teacher actually fell out, if you remember, in Fulton County Schools um, in Atlanta. And boop, that was it. It was shut down the next day because I remember getting called in. I was in the school system at the time and we all had a meeting and he was like, well, we got to close schools for two days and then came back for just one day and then it was shut down <laughs> for the rest of that school year. So yeah, everybody's kind of learning along together. <laughs> so how can um, a parent reach you? Cause this has been amazing, valuable information for parents. Um, how can they reach you um, either via website or if you're on social media so that they can look on your website and also if they, need to reach you for a 30 minute complimentary discovery call. I see you do that sure. well. Yes, I'm happy to talk to parents um, for 30 minutes about, you know, what their questions are, what are they looking for, what do they need assistance with, and, and see if I'm a good fit or maybe just one conversation is all they need with me. Um, I have a calendar link online at ddfacesbydebra.com. My name is Deborah Fawaz, F-A-W-A-Z, and you can reach me at debfawaz at comcast.net, and you can put my phone number in there too, Helen. Okay. Yep. And there'll be your website and stuff like that on there. So parents, definitely reach out to Deborah, and uh, you know you're not sure about how to navigate uh, this uh, special ed world. Um, there are definitely things that you can be doing for your children if that's what you feel they need. Um, so thank you very much, Deborah, for joining me on my podcast today. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with parents. Thank you, Helen. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Whenever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to dynamuslearningacademy.com slash podcast. You may also contact me if you need tutoring assistance for your child. I may be reached at 
helen at dynamislearningacademy.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.